Hi there. I'm Miss Minutes. I'm here to talk to you about Nexus events and the sacred timeline and how with just one episode, Loki is already by far the best Marvel TV show. Welcome to the Infinity Watch Podcast. Oh my god! I was totally gonna do the Miss Minutes voice too. Wow! Did you practice that? That was pretty good. No, thank you. I that one I did not really practice that much because I felt like I had a decent handle on it from the jump. That was uh, that was also just like the pitch of it was very high. You did a pretty good job, I thought. Oh my goodness, Miss Minutes! I I love it. I just I can't wait till the end of this season of the podcast just to count off all of the different accents that you've done. I know we should rate them. all the interest. I I hundred percent intend to <laughs> absolutely. Welcome to the Infinity Watch podcast. My name is Tommy, and I'm here with my now Southern co-host Eric, <laughs> and we are joined this week uh, with our returning guest Amelia. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. So happy that we're on a new show. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. It's always nice to start fresh, and uh, especially with with an episode that was uh, as interesting as this one. Uh, obviously, this week we are talking about episode one of Loki on Disney+. Plus. Um, but before we get into all of the different discussions that I'm sure we'll have this week, let's jump directly right into news. Um Speaking of Loki, uh, the Loki head writer was kind of teasing Spider-Man No Way Home, as well as the sequel to Doctor Strange and the impact uh, on the MCU. And he was also, uh, he was in an interview with, I think, Collider, and basically was asked whether fans can expect these upcoming movies to have a dramatic impact on the MCU. And he said, oh boy... You're right. I think you don't bring Sam Raimi on to make a movie unless it's going to be a big movie. Um, and I was like, I well, mean, like, it's like the most bullshit phrase ever. <laughs> yeah. What um, does that even mean? <laughs> he also said uh, if there is ramifications that that Loki will have on future movies. And he just said, I think one of the joys of being a writer in the Marvel world is getting to make terrible messes and leave them for your predecessors. Although occasionally you find yourself being your own predecessor. For instance, you write the Loki show and end up writing Spider or Doctor Strange 2 having to clean up your own mess, and that can be a lot of fun. And so uh, apparently this writer is very good at just answering questions and saying nothing. So Yeah, but honestly, I much prefer that. Like, if he would have said... Like, if he would have said what I feel like a lot of people would have said, like, oh, you you just wait. You aren't even going to be able to handle all the shit that's coming. And then people would lose their minds. And I feel like that would be way worse. So I almost prefer it's like when they say nothing. This is the most ambitious <laughs> yeah. piece of writing that I've ever <laughs> written in my ambitious little groundbreaking notebook. Yeah, I'm glad it's not so. that at least. Yeah, super interesting though, uh, and, and we'll talk during Loki. But obviously, uh, lots of questions, lots of questions after just one episode. Yeah, of this oh yeah, six episode series. Big so time. We'll see. Um, the Marvel What If show that'll be premiering in August. There are some more rumored details that claim that 
the Gamora episode, which we previously have talked about, um, we've seen pictures of her kind of wearing uh, basically like a Gamora-style Thanos suit, basically similar to what he was wearing in Avengers Infinity War. And um, one of our favorite websites, the Illuminati, has shared some more rumors uh, detailing exactly what will happen in that episode. And the site claims that Gamora's skills will be put to the test against a new and unusual target in the form of Tony Stark. So for some reason, um, they will have her kind of hunting down Tony Stark. And those two characters have have never crossed paths, actually, in the movies, which is interesting oh, wow. to think about, given that they were all in in a few movies together. But uh, Is yeah. RDJ voicing Tony Stark for this show? He is, right? I am fairly certain that he is, okay. yeah. Yeah, I think all of the original cast like, came back to record their episodes, which I'm sure was a quick little gig. Yeah. You know, just going to a recording booth for a day or something like that. Yeah, uh, that sounds interesting, but as with uh, everything Illuminati, I will wait until literally anyone else in the universe confirms it before I put any stock in it being real. <laughs> yep, and rightfully so, my friend, rightfully so. <laughs> um, but that would be cool. Okay. I, I would like to see that. Yeah, I'm really excited about this show. I, I, every single story we hear about it, I'm like, this is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be different, and it'll just be an interesting twist on things. And so I'm excited about it. Yeah. Um, the first pictures this week emerged from Indiana Jones 5. And it looks like uh, actor Toby Jones, who played... Um, oh, God, what's his name? He was in uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. He played uh, the guy that is the sidekick of Red Skull, and I can't think of his name. Uh, Let's see. Toby Jones. Wow. Yeah, this is embarrassing. Yeah, this is embarrassing. What was it? Arnim Zola. Yeah, that's it. So apparently he's in this movie, but okay. I just got to say, I love Indiana Jones. I think it's great. When Kingdom of the Crystal Skull came out, I was like, okay, like, Harrison Ford looks old, but, like, it's fine. Like, it's really, like, it wasn't, like, terrible. Like, he's, you know, he's just old. But these set photos, yeah, dude. He's, like, older than old. (laughs) Yeah, like, he, like, definitely kind of is, like, nursing home, like, (laughs) looks like he's had, like, he was, like, at Iwo Jima or something. They plucked him out of his bingo tournament to be here and like he didn't have time to do his hair in the morning and he's just like i don't have my bingo dabbers yeah old people are really really passionate about bingo oh i believe it i used to call bingo twice a week when i worked (laughs) oh my gosh So this is basically going to be like Indiana Jones and the quest for the golden bingo dabber. Yeah. I hate to pile on with like the old people jokes for Indiana Jones 5, but like he is 78. Yeah. I I just don't know what they're going to do for this movie. Yeah, I don't. There are plenty of perfect roles, I would assume, for 78-year-old actors and actresses. But action hero should not be one of them, I feel. Yeah. yeah. He's going to break his hip. Yeah. just the, yeah. This man has crashed two planes, right? Yeah, at least two planes, I think. Insane. What is he doing? Just chill out. Just relax, yeah. Harrison Ford. 
Yeah, and like you already did the movie where it's like the shtick was that you were too old for this. And that was like a decade yeah, ago. Yeah, now you're way older than that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Like, you know, I need to go back and watch, I think Raiders of the Lost Ark turned 40, I believe. Uh, 40 or 30, let's see. Raiders, it was 1981. Yeah, so it turned 40, I think, yesterday. Uh, sometime this week it did. Just like a phenomenal movie. Really great, like, kind of mold for like what a perfect adventure movie is. Um, I know I'll go see this movie. I just, I just, why don't they just reboot it? You know, I don't know. Like just have a new Indiana Jones. I mean, they're for sure. It's like they're in a no win situation, at least if they want to continue trying to make money, which they always will. Cause it's like, if they reboot it, people are going to be pissed. Uh, like inevitably. And, uh, but then it, like, if they don't, it's like, it's not, it's, maybe i'll be wrong here but like it's not gonna be great (laughs) there's no chance it will (laughs) yeah like yeah this movie's not gonna be like yeah groundbreaking yeah like that the ironic thing is that indiana jones was made to be the american james bond so just do what they do with james bond and just establish that you're gonna recast this person a whole bunch right i think it's just that ship has sailed at this point yeah no 100 percent has and for whatever reason Harrison Ford really loves that character, and that was the only way he was going to come back yeah. for Star Wars. He said, you'd have to make another Indiana Jones movie. So. That's so funny. I feel like Han Solo is every bit as cool, if not cooler, than Indiana Jones. So I don't get why he has so much love for one and so much hatred for the other. They're both very similar kind of characters. Just one to say, they're both, they're both just Harrison Ford. <laughs> yeah. That's really what it is. Yeah, <laughs> It doesn't make any sense to me. But I guess we'll see. Hopefully it's better than the last one, so. All right. I thought that you might find this interesting, Eric. There is a new rumor that is claiming that the Hulk's son, Scar, will appear in the Disney Plus series She-Hulk. Hmm. Um, so in the Planet Hulk storyline in the comics, um, Hulk conceives a child with an alien called, uh, I think it's like Sierra, I can't remember how to say her name. And that kid later comes to Earth to battle uh, Hulk, who he believes abandoned him. Um, And so there's a rumor right now going around that he will appear in this She-Hulk series. So say goodbye to that uh, CGI budget, Disney. Mm -hmm. My goodness. I have a tough time believing this. Uh, I guess it depends on how fucky it gets with the timeline stuff. But like... Timeline-wise, if we're on a straight timeline, that doesn't work at all, I feel like, because there hasn't been... What do you mean by that? I would guess the implication would be that Hulk knocks somebody up during Thor Ragnarok, which in the context of the Marvel Universe was at most five or six years ago, at most. Well, don't don't forget the the time jump. There was a five-year time jump in Endgame. So right. you're probably at least seven at this point. Regardless, this kid's yeah, going to be too a young. Yeah, seven-year-old monster. I feel like they just do some little hand-waving, like, um, alien that grows faster than a human. Boom, done. Yeah, I guess I just... Uh, yeah. 
I feel like uh, <laughs> I'm, I got to the point in the Invincible comic where that exact thing is happening in the Invincible comic. So now it, it that would feel like well, cliched and obvious if they did that at this point. But that maybe, alien planet where they barely barely uh, live for any time at all. Is were that they, what you're talking oh, about? Oh, no. I lost you for a second there. Were they barely what? Where they like have really short lifespans? Is that yeah, yeah, and then Omni. Yeah. Spoiler alert for the Invincible comic for the next thirty seconds, and then uh, yeah, Omni Man ends up uh, having a child with one of these beings, and it just looks like a blue human, and it grows ridiculously fast up to a point, and then it grows ridiculously slow. So super well, isn't weird. That like- kind of like animals they grow up like way faster than us so hey it's whatever the story dictates that's how i feel about it they're like listen explanation that really we don't pay too much attention to and then slow down when we want you to you know it's just kind of whatever i mean yeah. the, the main thing for me with this whole she hulk thing is like this is a she hulk show how much like inner family drama can we throw in in like a short series about she hulk like i just i don't see them having this whole backstory of, like, Hulk was fucking on Sakaar, and now he has a son named Scar, who's come back and he's upset. Like, it just, like, seems like a lot for a show that's not about either of those people. Unless Scar is gonna be, like, the main villain, in which case, sure. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Also, fuck Scar! Just pr- bring Red Hulk in! Oh my god! <laughs> I'm gonna lose my mind if we don't see Red Hulk! Uh-oh, Eric's going to re- lose his mind, everybody. That's basically uh, basically what we're hearing. That's all um, I've wanted for many years when it comes to Hulk, is just to see Red Hulk. Yeah. No, Who I'm, I'm cares about Scar? Nobody in the world. I didn't even know his name. <laughs> wow. I just remember. Yeah, nobody. No one. No Not one. anyone at all. Not a single person. In the entire world. Yep. And universe. Yep. All right, let's move on. Um, so as we all know, Black Widow will be coming out next month in theaters and will be available for what Disney Plus calls premiere access, which costs $29.99 to watch it at your home. So that's how much it's going to cost Eric. FYI, tickets are on sale now. Mia and I already got our tickets for opening night. Super exciting. Um, but if you don't want to pay $29.99, it has now come out and... It looks like it'll be available for free on Disney Plus starting October 6th. So you basically will have to wait, uh, you know, three months if you don't want to pay $29.99 and want to watch it for free. So just a little heads up, but uh, I know I won't be able to wait that long. I'm, I, I'm sure I'm going to watch it in theaters and then buy it again. <laughs> um, so, you know... As with many things in life, Disney can just take all my money and fuck right off. But what if it sucks? Yeah. Will you still buy it again if you if you're after your first experience? You were like, "Wow, that wasn't even close to worth the wait." Um, I've I highly doubt any MCU movie will truly suck. Okay, yeah, that's fair. So, I think that's fair. Even if it's even if it's like just okay, probably um, just because I know for me, especially with new movies, uh, especially MCU movies, the first time I watch it, it's my brain watching the movie and battling every single expectation and trailer and what I thought it would be. And then the second time is like it's like a palate cleanser movie where it's like I can enjoy it and just like watch it for what it is. And so I always enjoy it more the second time. So I will watch it at least twice for sure. All right. 
Alrighty, um, more more uh, quotes here uh, from Loki writer um, Michael Waldron, and he was asked whether Doctor Strange knows about the Time Variance Authority heading into Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. His first line, he just says, "We really don't know." I think you do, Michael, <laughs> and I think you're lying to me. Yeah. So. We really don't know. It would be interesting if they did. I think what we see with a TVA is, whereas the folks at Comertage are dealing with things in a magical way, the TVA is paperwork. It's bureaucracy. It appears to be a little more science-based, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, I don't know. It seems like he's he's actually responding to these probably the right way, like you said earlier, even if it's kind of annoying. Um. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um. It, it has come out that Loki will not appear in Thor Love and Thunder, according to Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe, believe that, that either. <laughs> but um, How could he not be in the whole movie? That makes no sense. Yeah, I think that's a fake out. Yeah, I mean, he's been in every single one so far. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Unless he dies um, in this show. Yeah, seriously. That'd be crazy. But who knows? Yeah, we'll see. Um this uh, and obviously we're not going to talk about it until a, a few minutes from now. But uh, obviously the TVA and everything that we saw in, in the first Loki episode is having us ask a lot of questions. And so, um, similar to the questions that I think Loki was asking of, how do I not know you existed until now? Um, Pretty much. So we'll see. Um, a couple more items, Eric. I picked this one out for you. Um, apparently, director Chris McKay is saying that it is still reality that a Nightwing movie uh, could happen within the DC film universe. Um, He was announced as a director of the film in 2017, um, and it kind of has been back and forth. Um, The quote from him, he says, I hope it's still a reality, hope that we can still make that movie. As far as I'm concerned, it's not lost yet. It is obviously something that they've had some other priorities and other challenges. Uh, they'd had things that they needed to do, and I think they found their way with their recent successes and the stuff that they're planning on doing now. Um, so it seems like Chris McKay wants to still make a Nightwing movie, um, but who knows? It seems like uh, things are always kind of in flux at Warner Brothers there related to the DC <laughs> movie. So we might get one, we might not. Eric, what do you think? Do you want a Nightwing movie? It's like, I think a lot of superhero movies, like, I like the fact that DC seems to care a lot less about, like, an overarching, coherent universe. And they're just kind of making movies at this point, and I think that's great. However, I think that works for some characters, and I think one character really specifically it doesn't work for is Nightwing. I feel like the reason Nightwing is so cool is because he's part of, he's the most interesting part of this huge overarching Batman family. Where like, if you know anything about Batman, there's a, like, it's not just Batman and Robin. There is a fuckload of Bat people out there. Like truly more than you could ever imagine. (laughs) I feel like most people don't realize there's a Bat everything possible. So, And Nightwing, in my opinion, is, like, the coolest one. He's, like, the second in command after uh, after Batman. 
Uh, at some points in the comics, Batman dies and he becomes Batman because he's the logical choice because he's Dick Grayson. He's the OG successor. And uh, that's great. Now, I just feel like a, a Nightwing movie to me feels like it would be better if it was earned. Like I would want to see the character start as Robin. I wouldn't want like I would want to see this character kind of like grow I wouldn't just want a Nightwing movie where it's like, yeah, all that Robin shit already happened. Batman's dead or whatever. Why is he not in this movie? Whatever convoluted reason we're going to come up with. And then here's just Nightwing. It's like, yeah, I'm sure they could make it fine. But I think that is one that would really benefit from being part of a coherent universe, which DC seems to be absolutely incapable of. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I would even just love just like their own like really strong like structured Batman, like Bat Family universe. Like that'd be so cool. And then what to me, because I grew up watching Batman the animated series and 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 the series that followed that as as you have, right? And what made that really cool was seeing Batman and Robin and then Dick Grayson as Robin and then kind of the transition there. Exactly. And then him becoming Nightwing, like that character development is important. Yeah that relationship is important and so without all that like you said it's just kind of like i don't know you just you take away like half the reason why he's cool and kind of sum it up in some quick montage it's kind of and it's like that's a character that like for spider-man it's like we don't need to see any more spider-man origin stories everybody gets it like uncle ben died is power responsibility whatever but like I would guess the vast majority of people don't even know who Nightwing is. They know who Robin oh, yeah. is. No way. But they don't yeah. know the deal with Nightwing. So it's like, how are you just going to wave that, that away? Too. Yeah, there you go. Nobody would know to even watch this. They'd be like, right. what the fuck is this Nightwing thing? Yeah. They'd be like, there's more than one Robin? What? Back in my day, there was only one Robin. <laughs> you know, and it's bunch of silliness. Exactly. It, it so. would be like making a Falcon and Winter Soldier series before the Captain America movies. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really good that's a really good analogy. It's just like it doesn't really make any sense, <laughs> yeah. and no one's going to be invested in yeah. it, so it'll probably fail, and then they'll never touch the character for twenty years or whatever. Yeah, so. R.I.P. So R. I. P. we'll <laughs> see. We'll see. Uh, all right, my last my last uh, news item for the day. I saw this. And in my head, I was just shaking my head, just really <laughs> hardcore, because uh, the title of this article says, Justice League director Zack Snyder oh, debunks rumor he's helming a ghost writer movie for Marvel Studios. Oh, that would be possibly the one movie I would not be upset to see Zack Snyder direct for the MCU. I feel like that oh kind of makes gosh. sense, right? Just keep him away from the MCU. That guy is incapable of making a, a good movie but if that any, if, isn't already written for him. But if there was any single character, would it not be Ghost Rider? I feel like that's perfect for... I feel like that's a good mashup. I think he would make it look really cool, but unless someone else was writing it, it would just be trash. Yeah, true. But like I don't... I think Marvel... of his I really love is Watchmen. And and he just took the comic like literally page per page and it was awesome. Right. But but I uh, wonder if Marvel would make him do that. <laughs> you know, I feel like yeah. Marvel has such a tight uh like creation process 
that uh but I think also I'm literally go ahead go ahead. still upset about man of steel i'm just yeah that movie's not good i'm still mad about it it's like how did you fuck up something so simple yeah and that movie's not good and that's still the best superman movie from that era oh well yeah i mean that's, yeah. Uh, well, that's the only superman movie from that well era, i mean right? it can compre- i feel like they get progressively worse i feel like man of steel's not good Batman v Superman's really not good, and Justice oh, League yeah. is holy fucking shit, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree with that for sure. Just absolute trash. Yeah, I just oh my gosh. But you know, to to be fair, if anybody's listening to this hasn't listened to a couple episodes ago, I will say the Snyder Cut did kind of win me over. I would call the Snyder Cut at the very least good. It's a good movie, fun movie. I liked it, but fun four hour movie. Yeah, boom. Yeah, it's really weird because I think visually he has a really keen eye for um, just making cool moments and and having just really beautiful looking films. I remember watching Batman vs. Superman for the very first time and I was like, listen, this movie's garbage, but it is beautiful garbage. Like, it looked amazing. It looked like probably one of the coolest movies ever. But it's garbage. And so it's like, maybe just like be a director and let someone else like write your stuff. You know, like you don't have to like write everything. Yeah. Not everybody needs to be a writer director. Yeah. But where's, I mean, you want the power though. That's, I assume that's why you become a director in the first place. It's like, yeah. Uh, better you're just a, a rich narcissist. I don't know. True. Something like that. Alrighty, that's it for me for the news. Do you have anything, Eric, this week? Did you watch the yeah. Bad Batch or anything? So I didn't watch the Bad Batch, but there there was, um, I believe it's official confirmation. I don't think it's a rumor that uh, Forrest Whitaker will be reprising his role as Saw Gerrera for the Cassian Andor show, a show I care about potentially even less than the Bad Batch. So take that for... Uh, you know? Is that the guy from uh, from Rogue One? Yes. Yes, it is. Why, why, Disney? I couldn't tell you, but they're going forward with it. So, And Forrest Whitaker is involved. So if you're a big Forrest Whitaker fan, uh, enjoy that. I couldn't... I mean, there aren't words to describe how forgettable I think that entire movie and his character is. So I'm sure it'll be similar... Uh, for this show, but but also Rogue one sure made a well billion done. dollars. That's crazy. No, I mean, I, I get it. That. I it's like one of those things. Like I did not like it, but I absolutely understand the hype. Like I, I'm not shocked to hear it made a billion dollars. But yeah, like I mean, okay, like here's the deal. I enjoyed Rogue One. I thought it was a good movie, and I would just leave it a good movie. Um. I've watched it maybe three times. I don't have any plans to watch it again. I'll go on YouTube and I'll watch like the last five minutes again several times. Um, but I I don't understand, and I think we've talked about this before, Eric. Like the Star Wars universe has it's it's like they've they've done like five percent of what its potential yeah. is, and they just keep sticking with this like little five percent, and like no one is asking for this. Yeah. As someone that likes that movie, I don't care. I think it's you, just... You don't like it at all, and you don't want it. You <laughs> yeah. know, I mean, come on. I think it's just creators wanting to... I, I think there's this 
inclination towards like Star Wars is so big and so epic that it's like we want to tell smaller stories. I, I feel like there's this obsession with like we need like smaller, more grounded stories. And it's like, no, we need laser swords and spaceship nukes. Like that's what that's what we fucking yeah. need. Like and uh, telepathic space wizards. That's what we need. We don't need Cassie and Andor running around stabbing people in back alleys or whatever the fuck his one memorable scene in that movie was. It's like yeah, I don't even remember what he did. I'm pretty sure he just stabbed I... a person in a back alley for no reason. I'm quite sure uh, there's right. a, I have that memory knocking around in my head. But it it's just like th- this one dude was around for the short period of time right before the original Star Wars movies. And we made a movie about the one thing he did. And so it's like <laughs> I don't I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. We don't need to we don't need to get even smaller. In, in terms of scale. Right? It's like, how small in scope do they fucking want? That's literally what Rogue One did. Like, they're like, let's make a smaller yeah. story about one line in Star Wars. Yeah. And now they're like, let's make an even smaller story of the smaller story based off the one. It's just, it's just silly. Yeah, we're... Like, I, I think you're right that they, they want to make smaller stories, but that's just not the right one. Yeah, we're about to get a six-episode live-action series fully based on Porgs. In the next like five yeah. years, they're just gonna keep going smaller and smaller. Yeah, it's just gonna it's gonna be some type of uh, experimental piece where like the porgs just make random noises. Yeah, and we just you know it's basically like the beginning of two thousand one, a space odyssey, only for six episodes, and it's not not monkeys and just porgs. I would watch not be it. shocked. I'd watch it. I mean, I'd probably fucking watch it too. And part of the problem. You know, <laughs> I know we're totally going off on a tangent, uh, but I love that, um, you know, obviously the hype around Baby Yoda, like that was what Disney was yeah. hoping for. They're like, we want this, we want everyone to love this Baby Yoda. They 100,000% thought Porgs would do that before Baby Yoda was a thing because there was Porg like merchandise and little plushies yeah. and toys all over the place and no one gave a shit about the Porgs. Yeah. I think it's because there was just, they're just like a random creature. It's like Baby Yoda is a single character. So I feel like right. it's easier for people to latch on. And then Porgs are just, I mean, Porgs literally only exist because they couldn't get rid of all the penguins on the island they were filming. So they just CGI right. them into aliens. So it's like. Yeah, whatever it was. It, was it penguins or like puffins? Or I can't remember, it was like birds or something. Oh, yeah. Are remember. they different? Yeah, I think it was puffins. Whatever. I have no fucking clue, but I mean, it was a really cool idea, but I mean, The Last Jedi is trash, so, you know. I mean, it's easily the best movie in the uh, <laughs> in the sequel series, but whatever you say. I mean, I probably should, I, you know, you're probably not even wrong at this point, so I can't even, <laughs> I, I, I can't even argue with it because they're all, they're all pretty bad, but I think I could complain about what they're doing with Star Wars. We really, all, just to tie all this together before we start talking about Loki, um, I am so grateful that Marvel has Kevin Feige, our Lord and Savior, at the helm, because clearly that dude is like the king of all movie producers of all time, and it is not a skill that is easily found anywhere, because, you know, Kathleen Kennedy and all these people with LucasArts, they're just, you know, it's just, they're turning gold and kind of tarnishing it a bit, I think. Yeah, I think it's fine as long as 
we like as long as they get a hit like once every two years, I think they'll be good. And it's like they already they're coming off the Mandalorian. Mandalorian, that's, yeah. It's like that's fine. Bad Batch is again, it's being received fine, but it's not for everybody. But it's like whatever. And or I'm sure it will be well done. I'm sure it will be received well. But again, not for everybody. But then it's like a. But then we got the Obi Wan show, which is I'm would bet anything that's going to be like a Mandalorian sized banger of a show. So it's oh, like, I hope so, dude. As long we as really, they keep doing that, I'm I'm okay. We really just need Dave Filoni to just really just yeah be hop the, on the Kevin saddle Feige. And, yeah. yeah. Hop on and the so. saddle. I see what you did there because he's always wearing cowboy hats. That man loves a cowboy hat. <laughs> yes, he so. does. That's all I know about him is that he likes cowboy <laughs> hats. So, Yeah. All righty. I think that's enough of our Star Wars ranting for the day. Um, Eric, do you have anything else for us to talk about? No, that was that was my one piece of Star Wars news. All righty. Well, then here we are. Um this week we are talking about episode one, the series and season one premiere of Loki. Um, let's jump right into it, I guess. And I and I also just want to make sure we all keep in mind that this has already been renewed for season two, which is in my head constantly, which I find really interesting. Oh, but, shit. That's kind of yeah. wild. I thought that this was always just going to be a, a one season thing, but we'll see. Um Let's let's go piece by piece. Um, but before I jump right into kind of the opening scene of this series, can we just talk about Tom Hiddleston's hair? <laughs> Why is it so wildly inconsistent? Yeah. It's sometimes super weird. It's totally fine. Yeah. And then sometimes it just looks like the wig guy, you know, let his his apprentice, you know, just full <laughs> reign. Especially in like the first scene. It's yeah. like so messed up. Super I'm like, jarring. The first thing I said about this whole episode was, um, what's up with his hair? Yeah. And he, I, I don't know, like it pulls me out a little bit. I don't yeah. Know. I wrote in my notes he got the Lord Farquad cut. That's <laughs> uh that's what it looks like in that first in that first scene. He just looks like fucking Lord Farquaad. And he does. So, oh my god. It's so distracting. But but I did say I did write in my notes it's like his hair looks weird immediately, but also I got over it in like 3 minutes and I didn't it didn't bother me for the rest of the episode. But that first scene I was like what it the fuck? It got better though. Yeah. I feel like yeah, yeah it, like, no, it did. There was, it did. It did. There's maybe one other scene where I was like, his hair looks a little funky, but then the rest of it was fine. I I don't know. I don't really understand what's going on. Um, and now that you said Lord Farquaad, I can think is of this the little little song. Yeah. Please stay off of the grass. Shine your shoes. Wipe, wipe your, your face. face. <laughs> oh man, I haven't seen that movie in ages, but what a classic. Okay. Let's jump right into it. Um, R.I.P. the hairdresser of Loki. Um, don't know if don't know if this is your thing. Um, yeah. All right. So we open up basically uh, revisiting the end of Avengers slash the scenes in Avengers Endgame. So the Battle of New York has happened. Loki's been captured. And then we kind of transition to the scenes we saw in Avengers Endgame when the Avengers are time traveling. And 
you know, Loki gets the Tesseract once Hulk busts out, uh, you know, when he's upset from going down the stairs. No stairs! <laughs> and I think we also got some, like, uh, like, a deleted scene or just, like, a different camera angle of Hulk. Uh, that was not in the final cut of Avengers Endgame there, which was nice. Um, when he busts out the stairs there. I may be misremembering, but it seemed like a different shot. Um, and we actually get to see where Loki ends up teleporting to, which was just the Gobi Desert in Mongolia. Um, <laughs> which to me, I don't know if you guys got the same kind of parallels. This reminded me of uh, Iron Man. When he lands in the desert and like, oh, yeah. explodes. Yeah, so like after he escapes the the terror, the Ten Rings terrorists, and kind of goes flying in the air and lands, and he's you know a mess. Mm-hmm. It's just you know it was like the same scene, very similar, which was super an interesting parallel for sure. Um, but I, I guess I'll say one more line and I'll, and I'll I'll open it up to you guys. He sees some Mongolians there and very quickly kind of steps up on like a little rock, you know, his, <laughs> his little soapbox. And kind of starts going, you know, classic Loki on them. And, you know, I'm burdened with glorious purpose. And he basically wants to conquer these Mongolians in the desert. So what did you guys think? Amelia? Um, I don't know. What do you mean? What do I think about the scene? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just like interesting to like have that be the opening. Just like seeing all these scenes again. And to me... Oh, okay. Just kind of like the constant reminder of like, this is the old Loki still, right? Yeah. So I thought it was interesting that they decided to include so much of the last shots in this. That way, like, you know, if you're not super familiar with that movie or you haven't seen it in a while, at least you would remember what was going on right before this started. So I thought that was kind of cool that they decided to include so much of that in the beginning of this. And then, yeah, it just, this is like classic just goes straight into humor which you know we all know that i enjoy so he stands up on that thing and he's like bow down to me and they were like what (laughs) you just made me think of like there's got to be thousands of people that have watched this show that have never seen avengers endgame and i think that's fucking weird yeah well that's why i think they included so much of that movie you know so you would know what's actually going on yeah oh my gosh it's like such a weird thing just i don't know Obviously, we watch every single MCU thing that comes out in the order that it comes out. And it's just, it's got to be really interesting to just jump in, especially with this show, because it's very meta. You know, this entire episode was callback, 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 callback. Um, Right. But you could have seen like one Thor movie and you were like, oh, I liked Loki. I'll watch his show. Yeah. Right. Even though he doesn't like, they don't like the Avengers or something. Yeah. I mean, we had a garage sale this weekend. This is a little bit of a tangent. We had a garage sale and I had some like Marvel posters and there was like a little kid there. The mom was like, sorry, there's only Thor. There's no Loki. And so. (laughs) Oh, wow. Even the little kids want Loki. That's so funny. Apparently. Yeah. He is the the god of politeness. Yes, exactly. Exactly that. <laughs> there was like this little meme and it was a bunch of clips of him saying, I beg your pardon. <laughs> yeah. He always, yeah, he has a few things he just loves to say. Loki, the god of politeness. <laughs> Eric, what did you think of the opening of this of this episode? I don't know if there's any other opening that could have possibly gotten me more hyped for this show. I absolutely loved... Uh, because you, I've said it a million times on this podcast. I am not a rewatcher. I just can't. A lot of times, I just can't do it. Just my, I, just my brain won't allow it. Uh, so I've not. I, I have seen Endgame more than once, but I haven't seen it recently. 
And um, just to see, it just felt like, just felt like a warm blanket, you know? It's just like, Ooh, oh, yeah. fuck. Like, they're, they're really, I mean, uh, it makes sense. It's like, it's all Marvel, but like, you're just not expecting to see, you know, the A-team fucking right. first five seconds of this show. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, okay. It's like... I, I I don't know. It's just uh it's like visiting an old friend. Yeah, and I and the fact that and you know, it's like there is a certain kind of uh cinematography and I know nothing about this kind of stuff, but there's definitely a certain vibe, a certain feel for the way the movies look that neither WandaVision or Falcon and Winter Soldier really lived up to for me. So the fact that it started with in my opinion, the best movie in the series. Um, right, right. It's just scenes from that just immediately put me in a headspace of like, this is about to be amazing. So, and I get a uh, spoiler alert for my thoughts. I, it continued to live up to that expectation for me. I love it. I yeah. love it. All right. So kind of continuing on. Loki is is gonna try to apparently conquer Mongolia, the Gobi Desert. I don't think he's gonna have too much trouble, but uh, mm-hmm. he's quickly interrupted by the TVA, the Time Variance Authority, who basically identifies him as a variant, and then uh, kind of the the head TVA kind of I don't know you call them soldiers, whatever you want to call them. Um, just basically takes her like little nightstick, her time. The Minutemen, right? That's what they're called. Yeah, the Minutemen. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah, yeah. thank you. <laughs> and she just like whacks him right across the face, and his <laughs> mouth is just kind oh of slow God. motion, kind of blah, 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 you know, for like a good thirty seconds. It felt like. Yeah, that was a long time. Yeah, and so well, uh, yeah. Sorry, continue, continue. Um, and so yeah, they they basically apprehend him and and bring him to the TVA. Yeah, I was a huge fan of this for a few reasons. Number one, we kind of saw, um, we saw the immediate strength of like how formidable these people are. Like they hit Loki with a baton that basically <laughs> they it made him move at one sixteenth speed, where everything else was moving at normal speed. So like while he was flapping around. It's like everybody else is moving at normal speed. So they're arresting him. And then another thing they do, which will become important later, is they leave this little like time bomb, basically. So like when they go through their portal and then they leave their time bomb there, the implication is uh, to reset the timeline because Loki fucked it up. That's why they're that's why they're uh, capturing him. That's why they're pissed. Yeah, that's why they're pissed. And so they leave this uh, this time bomb to to reset things as they as they leave. And and at this point, it's like it's not really super explained. These time bombs come up multiple times during the episode, but I feel like they don't really they don't hit on them super heavy. But like right that from what I can tell, that is what they are. They leave them there, and it resets the timeline to. Uh, well, well, we'll talk about why they're resetting the timeline. Right, 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 right. All right, so they take to, uh, they take Loki back to the TVA, which um, kind of before we jump right into the scene, I just kind of want to talk about the set design, 
of the TVA and just kind of all the uh, just like all the clothes and all these things. It has like this really cool like retro 70s sci-fi aesthetic going yes. on. Love it. And it is to die for. Yeah, it's so I love nice it. to look at. Yeah, I it just just like a lot of analog looking things, the lighting and everything. It looks like uh like what someone in the 60s would picture this year to look like in their brain, like kind of neo futuristic. Yeah, yeah. And I just love it. The entire episode, I wouldn't shut up. I was like, God, this is lo- that's I true. Love this retro sci-fi kind of vibe going mm-hmm. on. And five minutes later, oh my god, I love this this retro look. Yeah, the entire <laughs> episode, I just wouldn't shut up. And so, super cool. Um, and so it it is kind of described that the TVA kind of exists outside of time and space in some way. Um, it seems, and and I don't really know how that works, but. Uh, maybe we'll find out at some point. Um, but Loki basically is kind of, he's brought into the TVA and they kind of start doing these processes to start booking kind of him. Book him, yeah, yeah. into the TVA. Um, one of the first things I like is they push him into an elevator and there's this really creepy looking computer thing with like robot arms. It looks terrifying. And. They tell him to stand still, or the computer tells him to stand still, and then it just like vaporizes all of his clothes off of him. No, you missed the most important part. Which part? He like it like touches him, and he goes, "Careful, this is fine on Gasgardian leather." And oh, then that's, that's when, right. That's and then right. Immediately afterwards, he's like, "All gone." Boom. <laughs> Goodbye, fine Asgardian leather. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we only see him shirtless for like a second, and then he drops straight down below him. And then he's wearing kind of the jump TVA jumpsuit. Okay, before we go past this, uh, you can tell me I'm crazy. There's zero doubt in my mind that Tom Hiddleston's ripness in that scene was 3,000% CGI. You think so? There's n- absolutely no possible chance that was uh, Tom Hiddleston's body. Tom Hiddleston at all. Like if you nicer. if you pause it and look, there's no fucking way. Tom Hiddleston is not that ripped, and I'm not like and Tom Hiddleston's a very attractive man, but like that was like Chris Evans, <laughs> like it, it was so obnoxiously like he's just not, he's just not. It looks like really skinny. Yeah, it doesn't look that crazy. I no, guess. I'm looking man. at pictures online. No, that's CG. That's big, big, big time CGI. Oh my gosh! I think I'm finding like uh, like gay pictures. Oh, like there's someone, like some f- yeah. Someone like photoshopped him into like a some like a, a gay bathhouse. Like oh a, yeah. Look at the size of his pecs. I think they just are really good at yeah. Like in this one, I can see what you're talking <laughs> there about. There like is he, no chance those are natural pectoral muscles on Twitter Tom Hiddleston. With Loki's fans lusting over latest leak. Yeah. I think they're just really good at uh, making him, making anyone kind of look buff in the movies now. They I agree, nice because it's assisted by CGI. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Just, why just... do they have to make him look like that? Yeah. I feel like it's pretty well known that like Loki is like a little skinny dude. Right. Who's lanky. And why, so why do they have right. to make him look like attractive in that scene? Well, clearly, as this title from the website Inside the Magic says, it made Twitter explode. 
<laughs> so that's, I guess that's all you need. Apparently, I mean, it's just like if you Google Tom Hiddleston shirtless, you will see all of these real photos of what Tom Hiddleston looks like without a shirt. And then you'll see the f- scene of him and Loki where his pecs are four times as bulbous. I found <laughs> a picture like- of him shirtless that was totally photoshopped. It's not his head. This is not this is not his head. Oh my god. No. On his on, or no, this is not his body, it's his head. That is not real. Oh um, my god. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I kind of I I want him to look like uh small Steve Rogers body, you know, skinny Steve Rogers <laughs> yeah, body. Right, something. that would make more sense. But you got you got to make Twitter explode, I guess. True. You know? That is true. That is true. You got to make them lust a little bit for mm. the for the bad guy. Absolutely. <laughs> Consider oh, myself look lusting. At his, look at his pecs. <laughs> so nice. I loved it. So I mean, I I can't even complain. Um all right, so that was kind of like the first series of little little things he went through. The next one he does is it looks like uh like a metal detector of some sort. Um but the guy that is operating is like uh can you please verify Oh no, I'm sorry. I skipped one actually. There's a guy that's sitting at a desk with his kitty cat. Oh yeah. And he wants he wants him to sign for literally everything. He's can you please verify this is everything that you've ever said? Mm-hmm. What? Also sign this. Yeah. Just like a dot matrix printer next to him. Every single time he says something, it prints it off. Um, and I think that was in one of the trailers. It's a good little gag. Um, I thought it was interesting in that scene when he actually does sign it and you can like see his hand. Yes. L-O-K-I. Yeah. Yeah. It's is, not like is, a regular signature. It's L-O-K-I. Yeah. And that's it. I, thought, I wonder if I signatures thought so are cool a thing. As well. Yeah. On Asgard, like, do they do signatures? You know, Probably not. Please, please sign for for your Mjolnir, Mister Thor. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, that was an interesting one. Um, the next one I liked it, it. It was a room, a small room that looked like there was a metal detector, and the man was like, "Can you please verify that you're not a robot and that you would have what most societies deem to call a soul?" He was like, "Do most people not know if they're a robot?" <laughs> And then he kind of started going through like a mini existential crisis of like, wait, am I a robot? <laughs> am I a robot and I don't know it? <laughs> Which is actually really funny. I love how like when he was going through it, he was very slowly walking because he's like, if you are a robot, you will be vaporized instantly. Yeah. <laughs> but at the very end, he kind of gets this little, it looks like a miniature kind of x-ray. And the guy, he's like, what's that? And, he, and he's like, this is your temporal aura, mm-hmm. whatever that is. So, doesn't he ask to see it or something? And the guy's like, "Nope, move along." Yeah, just keep moving. Um, <laughs> but I want to see my aura. Yeah, seriously, it's like a, it's like the mood ring, a mood ring X-ray or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, kind of the next the next part before we kind of move on from the booking process is Loki walks into a big uh, kind of it looks like a DMV Secretary of State type place. You know, there's stanchions up for a huge line of people, but there's no one else in there besides him and another guy who is a complete bitch. And he's like, my dad works for Goldman Sachs. You guys are making a big mistake. And he's just whining. He's being a dick. Um, And they're like, ticket, ticket. And he's like, I'm going to take a ticket. Right. And there's no one in line. So this one guy doesn't take a ticket. And then Loki's like, why would I take a ticket? And the guy's like, take a ticket. And so he takes a ticket. Um, And then basically um, he's walking in the line and... (laughs) 
Um, there is like a little montage that we'll talk about in just one minute, but essentially what ends up happening is the other guy gets to the front of the line and one of the Minutemen's like, where's your ticket? And he's like, I don't have a ticket. I tried to ask for a ticket. The guy to give him one. He's just like bullshitting him. And so he takes his little nightstick and literally just vaporizes him into nothingness. <laughs> to which Loki immediately starts going through his pockets to show that he has a ticket. And then he like holds it up. He's like, I got it. <laughs> I got a ticket. Um, Which is so funny because this whole scene makes him like feel very human, you know, because before he was like a god. A god. I am a and, god. Yeah, and and in these scenes, they're like, make sure you're not a robot. Ticket, ticket. And he's like, fuck that, but then does it because, you know, what else is he supposed to do? Yeah, like almost this, this entire episode is Loki really caught off balance and, you know, very vulnerable where he hasn't been before because, like, this is like a completely new environment in which he has no way of manipulating himself to have the upper hand for once. And so it's really interesting from that perspective. Um, but what I really think that I'm sure Eric wants to talk about is that while they're in this waiting area, we meet Miss Minutes for the first time. <laughs> and this is a a brilliantly animated um, kind of clip that really gives us the you know the exposition of what the TVA is why it's here and kind of the whole purpose of everything. And so Miss Minutes is like a little clock. It looks like, you know, like a a 60s, uh, you know, educational video or whatever. I thought it was very well done. And basically um, talks about how in the past there was a vast multiversal war that almost destroyed all of existence. Um, but then the timekeepers which are three kind of alien looking people basically formed the tva and created what they called the sacred timeline of what was quote-unquote supposed to happen and the timekeepers were created to save the entire universe from this multiversal war and protect the sacred timeline um, from variance um, and and make sure that everything kind of stays as it's supposed to be um and there's a, a really interesting video, you know, showing showing some animated characters fighting in this multiversal war. But, I mean, we don't get too much detail. Um, it basically kind of says, like, hey, like, when variants kind of go off the sacred timeline, they create nexus events, you know, something that was hinted at in WandaVision. And that the variants, you know, sometimes they're not even trying to cause these nexus events, but sometimes they just happen from doing simple things or more complicated things. And that's when the timekeepers have to step in. Um, I like the said something like, maybe you started an uprising, or maybe you were just late for work. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! Oh, it just the so whole funny. the whole video of this part was just amazing. Eric, yes. I'm really curious to to see what you think. I mean, I probably got progressively more and more erect the longer this uh, went on, just because. I mean, pretty much, yeah. Just because. It's exactly everything I kind of half expected and like wanted this uh, the MCU to turn into uh, really with WandaVision when, you know, we were all thinking about and talking about, uh, you know, all the multiverse shit and blah, blah, blah. Um, I love the the 
shout out to to Nexus events. Um, so the internet has determined, and I don't know if this is confirmed, but it seems like it's basically confirmed that one of the timekeepers is Kang. It looks like one of them has to be Kang. It, you, you would I, it'd think. be shocking if it if it didn't. Yeah. So for those that aren't aware, there's a character within the Marvel Comics universe named Kang the Conqueror. Um, kind of an alien looking dude. He's a, he's a famous time traveling um, villain of the Avengers from the future. And so he kind of time travels and fucks with things and, and all types of hijinks happen, right? He is slotted to be the villain of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Um, but one of the timekeepers looks a lot like him. Um, so, you know, I would be surprised if this show didn't have Kang involved in some way. I agree. I agree. I think for sure. Uh, I don't know if it's like too soon to get into theories, but like this did pretty immediately make me start thinking the timekeepers are villains for sure. And why, what makes the sacred timeline sacred? And is it their own ascent to power? Yeah. I mean, there was, uh, there's kind of like a question that Loki has and he's kind of acting. Um, and, and we'll talk about this cause this is actually in the next scene, but he's like, why, why am I in trouble? Like the Avengers were the ones that were time traveling and the answer to that question from the timekeepers is basically it's not against their rules to time travel per se. Mm-hmm. It's as long as you're keeping within the sacred timeline of how things are supposed to go, that is the problem. And so, like, it's a very nebulous kind of situation because how does one know that one is staying within the sacred timeline or not? And, you know, if they are, then they're fine. And if they're not, then they, you know, get <laughs> right. vaporized, basically. Um there are two things I want to point out from this video that had me thinking about things. Um, one that was pointed out online is is there's a clip when they're talking about the multiversal war. And in the background of this animated clip, there is a ship that looks like a starfish in the background. And it matches the same exact type of ships that look like starfish that were on the planet Titan in Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame, you know, when the fight was going on between Thanos and the Avengers. And so, super interesting, because it's it's absolutely the same type of ship. And so, whatever ship was in the background there was also on Titan. The other kind of theory-esque thing that, that I was thinking about is they were kind of saying how there was this multiversal war. And so, in my head, I'm like, well, this entire show is fucking around with time, right? And what if... What if the multiversal war in kind of the timeline that we're viewing hasn't even happened yet? And like we're actually before this kind of happens and it's just like all time fuckery thing. And so it's it's really interesting. Like I want to know more about this multiversal war and what was happening there because I feel like there's a million possibilities when you have time travel and, you know, kind of time hijinks involved. Because obviously, you know, in this episode alone, we jump around in time quite a bit. Yeah, I uh I mean I I love this shit. I love the concept of a sacred timeline. This is this is the kind of thing that I love about like the comic books that it just gets like wacky, borderline like nonsensible even. Um yeah. Oh, yeah. but I but I fucking love it. I mean, it just makes the possibilities quite literally endless. 
Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. From a, from a story perspective, it's basically an open whiteboard, you know. Yeah. Um Amelia, what did you think kind of watching watching this Miss Minutes video and kind of getting this explanation? What was your what was your first kind of reaction thoughts of kind of the explanation of the TVA and everything? Um, I think I was pretty much thinking all the same things Loki was at this point. Yeah, just like complete confusion. Yeah, he was like, what is this? Where am I? What's going on? And that's pretty much what I was thinking, too. During this part of the episode, I was like, am I am I following along with this? Yeah. At one point, I was like, I'm confused. <laughs> I totally remember that happening. And I guess it is worth noting, like, we watched this very late at night. Yeah. So I think I definitely need to watch it again. Um, because despite the fact that, like, a lot of this episode takes place in the TVA. I feel like we were thrown so much that it was just like, what the fuck? Like, what is happening? Yeah. There was one point at the very end of the episode, too, where I literally looked at you and I was like, what did I miss? <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot. I still enjoyed it. I, I watched everything. I just, my brain couldn't follow along to everything. I'm not sure why. It's really funny, though, like... It's funny that we had a WandaVision and like we probably needed like the break between WandaVision and then having Falcon and the Winter Soldier as a palate cleanser than this because it is I think just like WandaVision it's not a normal kind of just like A to Z type of show and so it's it'll be interesting to see how these next episodes play out because you can't really gloss over these episodes there's a lot right. happening yeah so. there's a lot of things you have to follow along Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I enjoyed it the whole time, but I was there was a couple points where I was like, um am I like not getting something here? Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. I think I definitely watch it again. Definitely watch it again before the next episode. Um all right, so next up we kind of get introduced to Agent Mobius Mobius. Um he <laughs> is in the middle of a quick investigation in France, and I think it was in like the fifteen hundreds. Um, and it looks like there's a time variant that attacked a bunch of Minutemen uh, and kind of left them for dead. Um, while they're investigating, a little girl uh, kind of interrupts them, and Mo- Agent Mobius kind of stops the Minutemen from doing whatever they were going to do, or I'm not sure. Uh, and uh, as he's talking to her to kind of ask, like, he's like, who did this? And she points up to this picture of like the devil, Mephisto. Some, yeah, yeah, Mephisto con- <laughs> confirmed. Um, and it's basically a devil with like huge ass horns. And after that, she kind of smiles and she has blue teeth. And whoever this time variant was gave her uh, basically like gum from like the seventies or something, and just you know gave this girl from the fifteen hundreds some blue gum. <laughs> It's called so Kablooey, kind of, I think. Yeah, I, I was trying to remember the name of it. Yeah, I think it's Kablooey. <laughs> um, and kind of same as same as you said before, Eric, after after he talks to her, they have to you know put down the time bomb and, and kind of reset everything so that whatever the time variant did to kind of mess up this, this part of the timeline, that it kind of gets restored. Um, and so that's kind of the, the Agent Mobius introduction to which she kind of gets called back to the TVA because Loki is on trial right now. Um, and we have a judge of the TVA basically asking Loki to 
uh, enter his plea, and he's like, gods do not plead. Uh, and this is the first time he kind of tries to use his powers within the TVA, and it doesn't work out so well. <laughs> um, and some of the Minutemen kind of start laughing at him because, you know, she's like, he's trying to use his powers, and he just kind of flexes his chest to kind of maybe get some knives out or do whatever he wants to do, and doesn't work. Does not work at all. Um, it is worth noting, Eric, I'm not sure if you knew this, the judge... Uh, that is questioning him in this scene is actually a love interest in the comics of Kang the Conqueror. Oh, shit. So, I mean, obviously not a coincidence. Yeah, can um, be. All things are pointing Kang the Conqueror. Um, and so at this point, basically Loki is kind of found guilty of, you know, not, you know, following the sacred timeline or whatever. They're going to take him away and then... Owen Wilson comes and saves the day. This part was funny, too, because she was like, how do you plead? And he's like, to what? <laughs> yeah. like, what am I pleading to? Yeah, I think this is the moment where he's like, you should be apprehending the Avengers, not me. Right. This is where we get that explanation, right? Um, he's like, I didn't do anything. I'm just trying to live my life. <laughs> exactly. And th- yeah, that's like the weird thing. Like, that's the weird thing about all of this is like, Loki didn't time travel. He just basically use the Tesseract to go from New York to the Gobi Desert. That's what he's guilty of. He just did something... He was basically just a, a victim of the of the situation that someone else caused. Yeah. He was like, it wasn't my fault. It was the Avengers. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. <laughs> I Oh, I also like... Oh, this is, the, this is a part I really, really enjoyed. There's two things. Um, um, one, from Loki's perspective, he thinks that they time-traveled to stop him from from uh becoming king of midgard that's that's like from his perspective he's like they must be time traveling to stop my reign of midgard and then also i like that he was astute enough to realize that there was two tony starks there he's like you can smell the the cologne of two tony starks in one room yeah um and i really like that because i just i just like the fact that loki is kind of cunning enough to realize what was happening yeah and that there was two tony starks there yeah that's funny super interesting stuff um, and what I do, I just love the self-centeredness of like the Avengers time travel just to stop me. This, um, this scene is like when your annoying little brother is trying to blame everything on you when he clearly did something. <laughs> sounds suspiciously <laughs> specific. It sounds. Yeah, Pierce. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Amelia's brother. Um, but yeah, really you interesting scene. Uh oh. We're, we're going to go through some childhood moments yeah, here or something. Much. It's okay. He doesn't listen. Yeah, we're good to go. Um, uh, so basically, at the end of this trial, um, Agent Mobius comes and talks to the judge, and she's like, "This is a bad idea. If you're thinking what I, if 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 you're gonna do what I think you're thinking," and basically, he ends up kind of taking Loki into his custody so that they can do something. We're not really sure. Um, and Owen Wilson's like, "I'm always looking up to you. I, I love this because she's kind of on her like little dais or whatever." Um, and so really interesting kind of character moments with, with Agent Mobius. I really loved Owen Wilson in this episode. I don't know what you guys thought. Yeah. Just just great. I don't think he said wow once. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> I don't think he did either. It was Which so is weird. Shocking. Yeah. They're gonna te- they're, I, it's gonna happen, yeah, right? For it has, sure. it has, it has to. Point. I don't think he can get through much much longer without having that come out. Yeah. Oh my I want, do you think he hates that? Or does he like it? 
I feel like that he always has to say wow. Just like to be like an actor, and you're just like you're literally known for saying wow. That's it. <laughs> wow. I feel like he must be. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say I think he's known for a couple more things than that. But well, yeah, I know it's just like it's like it's like his caricature moment kind of thing, you know. Um, also, quick recommendation that's not my recommendation for the day. Go on YouTube and and search for um, Owen Wilson as Loki. Tom Hiddleston does a great impersonation of Owen Wilson. Yeah. If Owen Wilson played Loki, and it is he's like a uh, glorious purpose, you know, he's like <laughs> got like the silly voice and everything. Um, hundred percent worth it. It's only like a minute long. So, um, continuing on, Agent Mobius kind of introduces himself to Loki, and they kind of walk through. He introduces him to the TVA, which Loki is kind of just. He's completely shocked by it all. He's never heard of it. He's like, how have I never heard of you before? And he's like, well, because, you know, that's how you haven't you haven't interrupted the sacred timeline. He you was know. basically like, that's the point. Yeah, you're not supposed to hear of the TVA until you fuck with the timeline. And we see this huge city, very technologically advanced city. Um, what did you to- think of this, like the overall city design? Oh, I mean, I thought it all looked great. It just the Same. weird thing about it is that it doesn't look like a planet. It looks yeah. like it's like literally like a pocket inside of nothingness. Yeah, it like it's like underground like a, or something. It's just like yeah, only. like a cave yeah. or like you don't see a sky. You just see this crazy kind of you know neo futuristic city that is all self contained, which is insane. But it, it the weird thing though is that it seems like everyone within the TVA obviously works for the TVA, and that's just a weird thing to me. It's like it's so just... self-contained that they don't know what the outside world is, really. And everyone has like their their purpose, and that's it. And it doesn't seem like they can really move beyond their own roles, which is it's yeah. very kind of creepy in a way. Definitely creepy. It seems like a, a different spin on the town of Westview, where it's like, are these people like kind of prisoners, but they're not? Oh yeah, interesting. But it's all they know, so like they right. don't know that they're prisoners, really. I guess it's like they were like created for a purpose, and then like they're just like uh, it's like it's like a simulation, and they're just like a program within the simulation. Yeah, like uh, that guy who works behind the desk. Right, exactly. Like, like that's like, all he does. All I know is behind the desk. Yeah, it's just yeah. weird, very weird. Did but like they don't seem like they have like they're in duress. You know, yeah, true. It's weird. Did you catch the reference to, uh, what is what sounds like it is a nightmare department? Whatever the fuck that is. Loki says, oh, yeah. Loki says something like, "This place is a nightmare," and Mobius says, "That's a different department, or that's another department." Yeah, like, I wouldn't mind if you burn that one. Yeah. Down. So what the fuck is the nightmare department? In the TV, it seems like it has to be like it has to be like a tie-in to just the Doctor Strange villain nightmare. I feel like it can't be anything more than is night like, is. I'm unfamiliar with that villain. Is that like a time jumpy villain or a universe? I don't jumpy think he villain? is. He don't. He doesn't have anything to do with time, as far as I'm aware. I just know that that I thought uh, Nightmare was rumored to be the villain. Um, of the second Doctor Strange movie. Oh. Um, but, you know, it's just, he basically 
has like some psychic weird shit going on and can, you know, mess with subconscious minds and all these different things. And it's, it's very kind of, uh, kind of in the head villain for, for Dr. Strange in some ways. Um, yeah, he has the ability to draw power from the psychic energies of the subconscious minds of dreaming beings, Interesting, whatever that means. Um, but he's like omnipotent, omniscient, you know, uh, he basically rules his own dimension, the dream dimension. So, like, is this another, is a TVA a dimension? And then Nightmare has his own dimension in the dream dimension, you know? Um, <laughs> oh, my God. I just wanted to get more, like, I, oh, it sounds so ridiculous, but, like, I love, this is the kind of fuckery that I love. I just wanted to get m- as convoluted as possible in this very specific way of, like, it's dimensions like a- and timelines and multiverses. I love it. It's like a Russian doll or something. You yeah. Know? And we're yeah. just like slowly peeling back these layers of like, what the fuck is this thing even like, what, what are we looking at? It, there's a lot there. And that was a very brief scene that like we've been talking about. Like they just were walking down a hallway and yeah. all of that stuff came from that. Um, So we'll see. I hope we get more in the next few episodes. Um, So basically, um, I might just call him Owen Wilson, but Owen Wilson and Loki um, end up walking into like this kind of like theater room and he starts showing Loki basically all of the greatest hits of his past. Um, And I felt like the entire scene with Owen Wilson and Loki, which kind of takes up a majority of the the rest of the episode, apart from like one kind of hijink in the middle, is... It's like a therapy appointment, almost, uh, but they don't really call it that. It's I would call it accelerated character progression. <laughs> yeah, they're basically they basically need to get Loki to where we all know know him to be, right? Yeah. Um, and so we're kind of going through his greatest hits here, and Loki is obviously being very um antagonistic and whatnot and and the banter is great yeah did you did you guys like kind of just like the characters you know talking to each other owen wilson and tom hiddleston and kind of their chemistry yeah they definitely have good chemistry in this scene it was just like boom 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 they just like all had something witty to say yeah i i really thought owen wilson kind of stole this episode for me personally um he was great and i thought that that they wrote his character very well um what ends up happening, well, actually, I guess at one point, um, I was not expecting one of these scenes to be in here. Loki is, we basically see a scene from Loki's past, um, and it is him being D.B. Cooper, uh, hijacking the plane because he had lost some bet to Thor uh, in Asgard. So D.B. Cooper, who in actual history, you know, hijacked a plane and, uh, you know, got some money and then jumped out of the plane in the parachute. And they never have found D.B. Cooper. And all they ever found was some of the money that he had taken when he hijacked this airplane on a beach. Um, and so basically, this show is saying that D.B. Cooper is actually Loki, uh, just fucking around on Earth. <laughs> and the moment he jumped out of the plane, uh, Heimdall just transported him right back to Asgard. Um, but I really liked the little bit that when he, when the Bifrost opens up, some of the money from the briefcase goes flying down, which explains why they were able to find some money on the beach in real life. Yeah, I was very surprised. So I'm not like a D.B. Cooper scholar or anything, but I've listened to a podcast or two. 
And it uh it sure seems to me like this was an extremely accurate interpretation of the DB Cooper incident. Yeah. Because uh if you know anything about DB Cooper, it's like he was like supposedly ridiculously charming. Like he was winking at the stewardesses and like flirting with everybody. And like he just played it super cool. Uh Despite the fact that he had a bond, and, and I think it was even word for word exactly what he said of like, you might want to check that note, I have a bomb, is supposedly exactly what he said. It's just, I was shocked by the attention to detail. So, like, it really seemed... Someone, someone on the writing staff must really love that, yes, that story or something. For sure, for sure. But That was the one part of this episode that, while I enjoyed it, it felt out of place. I think I could see that, but I have a feeling that's going to be more. We're going to get more of those like in later episodes. Yeah, it was just a, yeah an interesting bit. Um, I would I would wonder what maybe the bet was with Thor why he needed to hijack an airplane <laughs> yeah, and steal right. some money. Um, but you know I I think uh, not everything in the Asgard is always by the book. It's kind of fast and loose for some time there, but. Uh, Amelia, what did you think of the whole D.B. Cooper sequence? Did you like it? I don't know too much about that, but I thought the scene was funny. It's it, That is, like, the interesting thing is that, like, I feel like the amount of people that know at least a high-level version of the D.B. Cooper story is not a very large group of people. <laughs> yeah, so right. I, I'm not I, one of them. I feel like it would have made more sense to have, like, some other type of, like, historical hijink rather than D.B. Cooper because... I mean, from your perspective, if you don't really know who D.B. Cooper is, then I'm not sure if that scene really has much value to it, right? It didn't make any sense to me at the time. I thought it was entertaining to watch, but I was just like, okay. Yeah, like, what is this, you know? I was like, this is just Loki with short hair, short hair for some reason. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, like, I, I, had, I had known the story, and then the only reason I knew more about it is because when I saw... Uh, a news article that they were going to do some D.B. Cooper stuff in this show, I went through and read the Wikipedia. You know, I just knew that D.B. Cooper hijacked a plane. They never found him again. That's all I ever knew about it. Um, and so other than that, I feel like there's a lot of people that probably don't even know the name D.B. Cooper or whatever and just were like, oh, Loki hijacked a plane for fun. And pretty much that yeah. was it. So, yeah, a little bit interesting. But basically, after they're going through kind of the greatest hits after this D.B. Cooper sequence, um, Agent Mobius gets pulled away. So Owen Wilson leaves, uh, which basically um, gives Loki the opportunity to escape. Which basically was really dumb because you never leave a psych patient by themselves. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is <laughs> 101, 101 right here. Um, I thought it was interesting that while Loki is kind of sneaking around the TVA, no one gives a shit at all. It, they all seem very... <laughs> Uh, you know, they're doing their own thing, which kind of links back to what we were talking about before. Everyone's kind of doing their own task and like, you know, there's a prisoner yeah. just walking around and no one seems to care. Yeah. I thought that was kind of weird too. Um, but then I was like, well, maybe they just think it's normal. I don't know. Maybe they don't feel alarmed by things. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's just like a little different than what you would expect. Like, obviously if if you're in a prison or something and a prisoner was not where they were supposed to be, people would freak out. Um, but uh, Loki basically, uh, I think this is our favorite part, is he threatens one of the desk guys. And, you know, Loki is like completely normal. And then you can see himself, he like kind of psychs himself into being like the bad guy. 
for a second, and then he's like, I'll turn you into a fish. No, I'll gut you like a fish. I'll gut you like a fish. Thank you. I can't remember any of these lines. (laughs) And uh, the guy's, what's a fish? Yeah. (laughs) He's like, what do you mean, what's a fish? And he's like, I just want to know what I'm going to be. I just got to know the the precedent before I comply. I need the context of what you're going to do to me before I decide what I want to (laughs) do. Um, and so that's just another interesting thing. You know, cats exist on in this TVA. The one guy yeah. had a cat, but fish apparently don't, and they have no knowledge of what a fish is. Um, what's so, a know, fish? What's a fish? Um, <laughs> that was so funny. And so I think he, what does he do? He asks where the Tesseract is that the guy had, or right. I think it's by he, him. Yeah, he like opens up the drawer, right? And this is, this is the penultimate moment of this episode. Yeah. We have spent... Over a decade, basically, building up Infinity Stones within the MCU and how important and how powerful they are. And every single storyline for over 10 years involved these Infinity Stones. And how hard they are to get, by the way. Right, That's the right. important part in this. And <laughs> there is a drawer full of Infinity Stones. <laughs> Just several of them. At the TV. Like, a lot of them being Time Stones, which is really important. Makes sense. Though. Um. <laughs> to which the guy, the TVA kind of office worker is like, you know, some of the guys here use them as paperweights. And I think this entire episode, Loki is very antagonistic. He he is calling bullshit on the entire concept of the TVA. He's like, this is complete bullshit. I think it's an illusion. This is just a trick. All this is a trick. And this is the moment where everything completely turns around. And he just has this dumbfounded shock look on his face. And this is when he realizes this is all real. And this is all very, very powerful. Because these times, the, all these Infinity Stones are completely useless within the TVA. Yeah, he was just sitting there and you could just kind of see his face just change. Yeah. He was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Well, he, adds, he says something like, is this the greatest power in the universe? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which... And Okay, and so, like, theory moment, right? Like... This is the moment when when I think Loki starts scheming again, too. Because we all know that Loki likes power. And he's addicted to power. And so, like, the TVA has an immense amount of power. And I think it is time in this episode to briefly skip forward just for a moment. We find out at the end of this episode that the... Agent Mobius wants Loki's help in hunting down a time variant, the one that they've been hunting this entire episode that has been killing Minutemen across the timelines. And we learn that that variant is a variant of Loki. And so Loki is going to be hunting himself with the TVA. And so to me, like this scene is when Loki realizes that he needs to become, you know, uh, he needs to take over the TVA or do something to do with the sacred timeline in order to get their power. That's exactly what I was thinking. I feel like in this scene he was like, okay, well, instead of Midgard, how about I just rule the TVA? (laughs) Right, (laughs) right, exactly. And so, you know, there's even a conversation previously between Owen Wilson and Loki where he's like, why would someone with like all of this, you know, ambition just want to rule a planet? And I think that's perfect foreshadowing too, because it's like, yeah, like a planet's just a group of people. The timekeepers rule over everything. 
you know, all time and space basically at this point. And so, yeah, like this moment, this was it. Everything changed when he saw all these infinity stones. Yeah. I, uh, that was probably my favorite part of the episode for maybe a different reason is because I've mentioned on this show, I'm, I couldn't be any more over the infinity stones. We talked briefly of like, what if they like brought them back? Like what if they were still around? And, uh, this is the only possible way they could have reintroduced them that I would not have been annoyed by. They did it perfectly. Just make them literally useless trinkets that is uh oh god is the be- i i fucking loved it um yeah no yeah it's just like a little quick reference that it 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 has another purpose other than actually being infinity stones yeah and uh the fact that it shows like up to this point it's like it sure seemed like thanos and the infinity stones were the biggest threat you could ever dream up in a million years and it's like, now we learn, it's like, there's so little of a threat in the grand scheme of things. Like, this universe is so vast and so right. unknowable that, like, what we thought previously was the biggest threat that could ever exist isn't even a blip on this organization's radar. And, in fact, one thing we didn't mention is, like, during the Mobius and Loki interrogation, you know, Mobius mentions, like, yeah, like, we're, you know, they're they're keeping an eye on potential problems and Loki's like, like me and Owen Wilson's like, nah, you're just a little pussycat. And which is like, Oh really? Like the, the villain of the first Avengers movie is just a little pussycat to the, to this, to this organization. I just thought, I'd uh, hate to see what uh, the normal, the normal threats are then. Right. Right. Exactly. It's like, it just opens it up so much, I feel like. It's like, once you get to such an insane, um, like, climax as, as like, Thanos and and the Infinity War, it's like, where do you go from there? And it's like, I feel right. like this has done a, a more than acceptable job of explaining, like, that's not even, like, you guys don't even know. <laughs> you don't even exactly. you don't even have a clue where we can go from here. So I I think I my my favorite part of the drawer, right? So these are all infinity stones that were probably working within the universe of the people that had them. And they were became time variants and then the TVA captured them with the infinity stones in which they then became useless once they entered the TVA, right? And so Obviously, there's a bunch of time stones in there, which makes sense because people are fucking with time in a weird way. And so the TVA interrupted them, took them in, right? So that makes sense. There is at least one soul stone in the drawer. So that means someone killed someone else or let someone else sacrifice themselves for the soul stone (laughs) only for the TVA to come and just like grab them. And so it was all for nothing. And now their soul stone is completely useless. And so I guess the question then is, Eric is... Could someone take these paperweights, paperweight, you know, relics out of the TVA back into the universe and make them work again? That's the big question mark. I because if so, that's pretty fucked. Agreed. I think if that were to ever happen, I, I mean, I th- I think that would be too. Uh, they would right away for that to not be able to happen, and I think the way it would be yeah, it's too easy. Like it, 
those timeline branches don't exist anymore, and I wonder if they wouldn't work outside of their original timeline. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point for sure. Um, it'd be it'd definitely be a cop out. Too, yeah, for sure, without a doubt. Um, but after all this, obviously Loki kind of. I think this kind of breaks Loki's brain for a little bit, and he ends up back in the room where him and Owen Wilson were at, but he's all alone this time, which I think is significant, um, because he basically continues where they left off, which is kind of, you know, where he got picked up by the TVA, and he basically gets to watch the rest of the MCU in, you know, double time and watch all of his character development. So he sees, um, he sees himself kind of betraying his family, uh, Frigga dying, uh, Odin dying, him and his brother kind of reconciling their relationship and, and working together, and obviously uh, him dying at the hands of Thanos, right? Yep. And so, like, like there's basically like a five minute sequence in which she's on an emotional roller coaster, which I really enjoyed. Uh, Amelia, did you did you like kind of watching him go through everything that we have had just previously watched, basically in the last week or so? Yeah, could you imagine like watching your whole life literally on a TV that you haven't done yet? It's fucking wild. And then watch the end and literally watch yourself die. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's That's pretty, crazy. Pretty fucked up. Pretty fucked up. Um, but it was, it was a really interesting story device to kind of get this Loki to almost get to its character development that he has, you know, as, as we knew it in the last time we saw him in the MCU. Um, but you can tell either there's two things, I think, um, watching all these things happen and kind of understanding the situation, it humbled him a whole bunch, helped him kind of get to the point that we kind of saw him get to in Thor Ragnarok. Or now he's very much vastly taking advantage of the situation, knowing what would have happened to him, and obviously knowing the power of the TVA. Um, Because once Owen Wilson comes in, um, Loki actually says something that was I thought was really interesting. Um, And I I wrote this down. This is the only quote from the episode that um, I wrote down. Is when Owen Wilson and Loki were talking previously, he's like, do you enjoy hurting people? Um, because he was basically showing clips of him smiling from previous episodes as the, he was like ripping the eye out of the guy in Germany from the Avengers movie. <laughs> um, and Loki wouldn't answer him. Um, and so when Owen Wilson walks back in the room, he says this to him. He says, I don't enjoy hurting people. I don't enjoy it. I do it because I have to, because I've had to, because it's part of the illusion. It's the cruel, elaborate trick conjured by the weak to inspire fear a villain. And that to me is like basically like the last 10 minutes of this episode were just speed sped up character development for Loki. Um, but I thought it was really interesting just kind of hearing that actually from, you know, the Scott of mischief who will never would have never said that right. Um, in how we know him and how he behaves. But, um, I think after seeing the line from Frigga, she's like, you're so observant about everyone, but yourself. Um, Eric, what did, what did you think of kind of that last little bit there from Loki? Yeah, I've had kind of the same thought of like, like I said, just like accelerated character development. I did think it was kind of weird, like, uh, like the Loki, if this was the plan, 
then why kill off the original Loki? Because at this point, he now basically is original Loki again. So it's like, why take villain Loki if you're not going to do something with that version of him? Like, if you're not going to let that version grow off in a different direction. Instead, it's now just the exact same character who died. Like, I don't know. It, 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 I, I yeah. like, I don't dislike it. But it is, but it is kind of weird. It's like you could have done something a little more. Like you could have made him like go really evil for a second before he went through all this character development again. But it's like first episode. It's like no, he's this. He's the same now. Don't worry. <laughs> well, I guess it is worth noting that the very end of this episode, we see a bunch of Minutemen in an oil field, and um, it is an oil field, I believe, in Arizona or. or one of the states kind of in that area of the United States. And it's, they actually picked the year before a bunch of oil was discovered there. I think this is like the 1800s or something like that. And so the Minutemen think that someone had had time traveled to that time to basically get themselves rich, Uh, discover the oil, this vast oil field before uh, they would have in history. Um, And this is when we learn that Loki is actually the time variant they're hunting. And we see a hooded, figure with a lantern across this oil field and the Minutemen start walking towards it and then he throws the lantern down and they basically all engulf in flames before they can set their time bomb charge to reset everything um and so at that point we're basically under the assumption that that is a variant of Loki that is just murdering all of these Minutemen left and right and so if you're looking for evil Loki I think you're gonna get him in this episode uh, or in the series, and there's been a lot of rumors that there is there's an actor who is older that is cast in the show, and there's a lot of rumors that he is going to be playing like a much older evil 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 er version of Loki on this show as that time variant. Interesting. Yeah, I was thinking I was thinking maybe Lady Loki. Like it's obviously not Tom Hiddleston under that hood. Because why right. would it be? <laughs> but right. But yeah, I was thinking the, the hood looked too good. The hair was probably a lot better. Yeah, you know, couldn't be Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. Um. So that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't think of. So the, another thing, when Loki mentions earlier that he assumes that the Avengers tr- time traveled to stop his ascent to God King. God King is actually like a character name that Loki takes in the comics at some point where it's like, it's kind of like Hulk is like, uh, turns into f- fucking what's his name? The maestro at some point. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. a similar kind of thing. It's like Loki turns, calls him, starts calling himself God King. Um, I wonder if, uh, if it would be that. Yeah, it's very possible. I know, like, there's some pictures of God, God King Loki, and his horns look just like the horns of the devil that the girl saw mm. saw in France. Um, and so, uh, it was definitely Loki with some type of horns that that girl saw. And so, I I think while we'll have the Loki with the you know the sped up character progression that we saw, and you know was kind of in Ragnarok and and uh, Endgame. Um, or Infinity War, sorry. Um, I think we're going to get plenty of different other Lokis that are quite different and evil. And so I think we kind of get the best of both worlds there. Yeah, I th- yeah. I uh, hope that is true. And I think it 
uh, probably will be. For sure, for sure. Alrighty, any last words on this episode before we rate it? Uh, I meant to mention this earlier, but uh, I got to give a shout out to your brother, Chris McGraw. I feel like he nailed the um, aesthetic. He said the the style of this show reminded him a lot of Umbrella Academy, which I definitely agree with. Um, yeah, absolutely. In, in the best way. Uh, like, I, I loved Umbrella Academy. I really loved this. Um, yeah, super stoked. Oh, also... I definitely uh I was wrong about not liking the Wednesday releases. I think I, I think I really like it, actually. Oh wow, that's a one eighty. Yeah. Yeah, it's just That's good though. Yeah, as I was watching it, I was like, man, this is uh this is nice to have in, in the middle in the middle of a week, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm happy when you're happy, my friend. <laughs> Happy wife, happy life, right? There we go. Um, all right, moving on. Um, all right, I'm really interested now to see what our ratings are. As as we do on the Infinity Watch podcast, we rate all of our episodes, movies, whatever the hell it is we're talking about, out of six whole paper-weighted Infinity Stones. <laughs> um, I, I kind of want you to go first this week, my friend. Me? I'm quite I'm quite curious, yeah. what did What do you rate this out of six Infinity Stones? All right, so I am. Uh, I think you're hoping for the perfect score. I don't think it's quite a six out of six, but it's an extremely strong five out of six. I think for me, this is the strongest first episode of any of these series by a lot, like by a lot, a lot, not even fucking close. It's by far the best to me. I don't um, know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, man. <laughs> those those wingsuits really got me. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it's just like the the tone of this for me was like perfect. It's exactly what I was looking for. The storyline is just like perfect comic book fuckery. Um it's it's finally it's like I almost feel like we've been kind of getting like multiverse blue balls from the Marvel universe for several months now. And it's like, I don't know. That might just be you, my friend. It's, I don't, there's no way it is. There's no way it is. Um, it's just like for so long, it's like, we've been looking for every tiny little scrap of information in WandaVision, even in Falcon and the winter soldier of like, when is this yeah. going to start opening up? And we never quite got it. Even in WandaVision, like, we got the, the Nexus event, but no real explanation. Nothing yeah. Nothing super satisfying for me. And it's like this, like, first episode was just, like, everything. Better than I, the entire series of Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Yeah, yes, yep. for sure. Pretty and much. it's like, we got so many answers, but we also we're left with so many questions. Um, just incredible first episode, in my opinion. Easy five out of six. The only reason it's not a six out of six is because I feel like it was such a strong start. Um, like, I feel like it, it has to leave room for it to go somewhere. Like, I can sure, only imagine... Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I can only imagine what the rest of this series is is going to be and, and what crazy reveals 
uh, we might get in terms of like different Lokis or different information about potentially Kang, more information about the sacred timeline, which is the coolest fucking concept. I feel like of like out of infinite timelines, these three gods, like more gods than gods uh, are just like controlling. They've decided what the timeline is and their control. I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's so sick to me. Uh, I could not be more thrilled with the first episode of the series. So easy five out of six, man. It would really just suck that. Like if if you have something really shitty happening in your life, you're like, why is this part of the sacred timeline? You stupid space lizards. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's like, why does this have to be part of of here? Well, I did. Um, So uh, uh, just to say, cause we didn't talk about this. It's like another thing I really thought was super interesting was I forget who said it to Loki, but basically they were like, your your only purpose is to be a catalyst for other people to reach the best version of themselves. And oh, that is yeah. fucking brutal to say to somebody. Right. Yeah, you have all this ambition and all you do is basically help other people, you know, kind of yeah, reach be the, successful in oh, their potential. Oh, my God. Such a brutal Insane. thing to say to somebody, let alone... Uh, someone who considers themselves a god, who's the most narcissistic person ever. It's like, yep. yeah, your only purpose is to basically to create the Avengers. And then thanks. Sheesh. Have a nice life. See ya. <laughs> go die. Alrighty. Solid five. Let's go over to you, Amelia. What would you rate this episode out of six unbroken paperweight infinity stones? <laughs> Which Infinity Stones? The one in the drawer? or True. That's um, a big question, right? <laughs> right. I, I, sorry to interrupt you. I want a Tesseract paperweight. I just got to say that. Yeah. I just want one. That would be the coolest paperweight ever. But please give us your rating and your explanation. Um, I'm going to give this one a five, too. I think that it was like everything about it was really interesting and it, it did explain a lot for us and included the humor in there that I'm always looking for. Um, it was just like a tiny bit confusing at some point, so that was kind of the only downside. Maybe it was just me, but... It, there was a lot happening. Yeah. And so, you know, we also watched it at midnight when we were both, like, really tired. Yeah, maybe but, uh, next time I watch it, I'll think it's a six, but yeah, for right now, it's five. There was a lot in there, for sure. All right, well, let's do solid trip fives, then. The only thing that's going to bring it down for me is the explanation of D.B. Cooper and Tom Hiddleston's hair. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, that hair is... Yeah. Um, just you know, and it's just the inconsistency of it because sometimes it's great. I, that's the part that bothers me. If it was all bad, I'd just be like, okay, I'm a little annoyed. But like, sometimes it's great, sometimes it's not. Um, I think I I would reiterate exactly what both of you guys said. Like the miss minutes thing, like yes. that made it five already. Like just like three minute <laughs> video. Um, the aesthetic, everything is really great. Um, really, really looking forward to seeing what happens next. Um, because they basically teed us up as best as possible. Easily the best first uh, episode of uh, of a Disney Marvel series so mm-hmm. far. So no no doubt about that. Agreed. Um, all right. We will be back next week to discuss Loki episode two. But uh, before we close off, we got recommendations. Eric, what do you got for us this week? Yeah, uh, maybe a potentially boring one this week, but I haven't really been consuming a, a ton of media but I have been watching. Well, I, I will say, actually, I think Amelia might have recommended this 
uh, previously. This isn't my recommendation, but I am finally watching the last few episodes of Lucifer. Super good. So, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah I made Tommy start watching that. Yeah, that's pretty good. I've been enjoying it so far. Yeah, it's an extremely enjoyable show. So definitely uh, check that out. Definitely... Um, doubling up on that recommendation, but but I'll say my real recommendation is just one of the the comfort shows that I just have on like in the background sometimes, and that I just recently uh, like finished up a loose rewatch of is Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, absolutely incredible show. What a great show! Yeah, if you're into any kind of shows like. Uh, like The Office or, or Parks and Rec or, or just those kinds of, like, comedies. Um, it's not exactly the same, but it's definitely a similar vibe. Um, and and in, in my opinion, I, I think it's one of, if not the best. It's it's certainly my favorite of, of those kinds of shows. It's definitely um, better than The Office. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, boy. I, I, oh, boy. No, I, I agree. It's like, I have no problem with The Office. I like The Office. But I do think it's got to be the most overrated TV show of our time. Um, but that's yeah, a, I would agree with that, and I like The Office. Yeah, see, it's like there's nothing wrong with The Office, but you know, people go nuts over The Office. But that's not, so that's, yeah, that's that's a discussion for a different time. Uh, Bro- <laughs> Brooklyn Nine Nine, super good. If you have not given it a try, give it a try. It's uh, I think one of the most impressive things about it is it. Hits the ground running from season one. It is not one of those shows where it's like, yeah, the first season's okay, and then they find their footing in the second season, which is like so often the case with these types of. Uh, yeah, that's true. It does have a strong opening. Yeah, the, the main characters have a really good dynamic. Yes, yes, they do. All all the actors are are great. Um, I mean, some truly laugh out loud funny moments. Uh yeah, so Brooklyn Captain Nine-Nine. Holt all the way, man. Dude, Captain, Captain Holt, Holt is the <laughs> goat. Oh God, Love him. Love it. Great recommendation. I would I would definitely second that. Yeah. Um Mia, do you have anything for us this week? Not really. Nothing fun. All right. Um I'll jump over to mine. Mine are very dislike. I have not had time to consume any any fun media or anything like that. Same. Um <laughs> my two recommendations this week. Um, one is very sarcastic. One is not. Uh, midnight walks. I've been going on midnight walks. <laughs> the two of us have when it's really fucking hot out. Just, just a treat. Let me tell you. And I'm an old man now, apparently, because I love a midnight walk. Also, okay, this is going to be a little tangent. Just don't be a fucking idiot, especially when it's related to Facebook Marketplace and garage oh sales. <laughs> the amount of people. I, I I've learned there's a lot of type of different types of people at garage sales. We had a garage sale this weekend. And the amount of people that just like will slowly drive like less than one mile an hour in front of your garage sale just because they're too fucking lazy to just get out and look. (laughs) And so they just have to like block half the street for like a good 30 seconds just slowly crawling past your... Just get your ass out of the car. You're not going to see half the shit by just driving by. The only thing that those people are gaining is if they is that they can tell that there's no like huge furniture items. That's the right. only thing you can tell by doing that. Exactly. Literally. But uh, let me tell you, I recommend having a garage sale because let me just this. We both are people watchers. Purge some stuff out of your life. Yeah, get all the shit out. But and like some people, the people. Oh my gosh, I'm, I just want to say one thing. A man came, and he was like, "Do you guys have any starfish?" <laughs> And, and we were like, what? 
what what and he's like do you guys have any star starfish starfish s- stuff. stuff and we're like what and he's like you know s- starfish <laughs> you know and we're just like it was so weird no no starfish here and then he just left that was all he <laughs> wanted was starfish stuff apparently and i still don't know what the fuck he was talking Me about either <laughs> you just um, collect starfish stuff yeah no idea and so that was a thing um but yeah let me tell you the amount of stories we have from just two days worth of garage sale um a biggest pain in the ass but it's worth it if you have decent shit but man just the stories alone it's mm. wild definitely all righty that's all for me i don't have anything fun this week um if you want to reach out to us hit us up on twitter at infinity rewatch if you want to shoot us an email email us at the infinity watch podcast at gmail.com we want to hear low-key stuff we want to hear what's going on your thoughts um rate review thanks for all the feedback that we've gotten so far um and we will be back next week to talk about low-key episode two when we hopefully will get more multiversal hijinks and i hope that part of the sacred timeline includes fucking the billionaires (laughs) (laughs) miss minute says Fuck the billionaires. Fuck them. <laughs>